Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. schedule he is rod i am cameron uh, and we're back to uh do the preview for high point um msu uh comes in facing them at home and this will be sort of the final tune-up before big 10 resumes uh rod so high point six and six um they're coached by tubby smith who's uh i'm sure all of our listeners know um They've only really played two high major opponents. They they lost to Northwestern by 35 and to Notre Dame by nine, and they come in at 262 overall in Ken Palm. Yeah, they're pretty easily the worst team uh, under that measurement that Michigan State will see this season because mm-hmm. even as bad as Nebraska is, they aren't going to get that low. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting game. You know, Tubby Smith is an alum, actually, of High Point, I believe. Yeah. And and so this is kind of his, I think, his swan song. Um, some may know after Minnesota fired him, which I, I thought was really strange at the time. They fired him in a season that he made the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, he coached for a stretch at Texas Tech and didn't didn't do great there and and now is is kind of winding his career down at high point uh he's a member of the big south so this this is a a school definitely on the smaller end of uh you know d1 programs um as you mentioned six and six on the year um only those two high major games the blowout to northwestern you know, Northwestern, and we're going to be talking about them soon enough because they're the first Big Ten opponent for MSU when they get back into conference play in the beginning of January. Um, Northwestern is a better team, I think, this year. I've been thinking that they were going to be improved the last couple of years, and I think this year I'm, I'm pretty convinced that they actually are. But that's a big loss. The nine-point loss to Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame's not very good despite the fact that they beat Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, that's a competitive game. So, you know, high point is, is certainly not a great opponent, but, um, you know, they're one that overall Michigan state needs to at least play a C game uh-huh. <laughs> to win easily, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm also not going to build them up. I mean, if you, if you compared high point to the most recent MSU opponent, <laughs> Oakland, Oakland is a clear cut, much, much better team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. High point really struggles on offense, 293 um, and 44.9% inside the arc, which puts them at yeah. 300. That, that's just a terrible number. And it, it just goes to show you that one of two or both things are going on. They're not, they're either not getting effective penetration, meaning guys aren't driving the ball and finishing at the rim, 
um, and they're not getting effective post-up play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just not happening for them inside the arc. So that's a terrible number. Yeah, and not a whole lot better from three, 33%, uh, which is good for 182. Yeah, so right kind of in the middle. But that's whatever offensive success they're having is, is probably salvaged by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also struggle with turnovers, 196, um, and they're not all that great on the offensive glass at 137. Yeah, that's that's one of two. You know, that starts to get into mediocre territory, and it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me because they're a very small team that they're even that good on the offensive glass. So I think that's that's probably a reflection of, of Tubby Smith. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Tubby Smith is always a guy who – if you look back at the way his teams at Kentucky and Minnesota and even before that Tulsa and Georgia played, um, they were, uh, he, he values a lot of the same things that Tom Izzo does, you know, strong defensive teams, they play hard, they play with toughness and they rebound the ball. So mm. I guess not shocking that they're maybe overachieving a little bit in that component. Yeah. And the one thing they do reasonably well, um, is get to the free throw line for 44th and getting there. Uh, unfortunately, they're only hitting 60% of their free throws. Yeah, that's the that's the good news, bad news part of the preview, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you get to the line a ton, but you only shoot 60% as a team when you get there. That is that is a rough, <laughs> rough percentage. I mean... You know, you, you look at a, a normal team, you say, okay, if we have a guy or two that are at 60%, that's kind of a problem, you know? But this mm-hmm. is a team that's shooting that way. So it's, yeah, it makes it tough to win. Yep. Uh, defense is a little better, 207 overall. Um, you know, they do a fairly decent job at limiting shot success, 125 in effective field goal percentage against. Yeah, um, but uh, you know they're giving up um, terrible defensive rebounding, three hundred and twenty-three in that category. That's the big problem. You know, you're they seem to be doing a decent job in terms of holding people shooting success down, mm-hmm. but when when your defensive rebounding is that poor, it just means you can't. I guess I'd put it this way. They probably are a team that should be better than they are defensively in terms of their ranking at, what, 209? Yeah. Um, But when you give up second chances and third chances at the rate that they do, it it becomes awfully tough to win basketball games and to to stop possessions. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the key. I mean, if getting a missed shot is great, you know, but if you can't close out the possession, it doesn't mean much. And I think that's, that's really the biggest Achilles heel of this team. Mm -hmm. And it's a bad trait to have going up against a Michigan state team. That is a very good offensive rebounding group and is so much bigger than you are Mm -hmm. and is playing at home. It just, it's all kinds of bad things. The one thing they do do, well, which is kind of strange considering how bad they are rebounding, is um, protecting the rim. They're 14th in shot block percentage. Yeah, that's that's mostly a result of one guy. <laughs> um, they got a guy who's basically averaging 
around or perhaps a little bit better than Bainham is as a shot blocker per game, except he's only six five. Um, wow. But uh, but yeah, it, it is interesting that they're able to do that, and it may, it, it may be that that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. They may be as a group, maybe they're a little too shot block happy and taking themselves out of good defensive rebounding position. I'm I'm not sure, but um, yeah. It's an interesting number. It's the one thing they do exceptionally well on defense. Hmm. Uh, so their starters, John Michael Wright, six foot junior point guard. He was a all conference first teamer in the Big South last year, uh, and he's having another strong season. Twenty one point one points a game, forty two from the floor, forty three from three, and eighty from the line. Yeah, he's he's their best player. I mean, it's it's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, as a point guard, you know, he's okay. He's right at that two to one ratio level, which is kind of your demarcation point for effective point guard play. But, um, he's, he's more than that. He's a scorer mm-hmm. and, and he's been a very good one. He was a good one last year. He's a good one this year. So he's a guy that I think is going to be obviously top of the scouting report for Michigan state. And he's going to be a, a player that, uh, Tyson Walker is going to be, you know, have at least the start of um, of the job in in guarding him. Mm-hmm. And four, almost five rebounds a game for a six foot point guard. Uh, yeah, pretty good number. Yeah, pretty good number. He's a good player. Uh, and then they got Jaden House, six three sophomore. He's averaging thirteen point three points a game, four and a half rebounds, 48, 42 from three, and sixty six from the line. Yeah, you know, um, solid, uh, and and really, there's not there's not a lot more that you could say about uh, most of their backcourt guys. This is a small team, though, mm-hmm. and so he's part of that. You know, they're going to have some problems with Michigan State's length, I suspect, on the perimeter. It isn't just an issue of size at the five; it's it's size everywhere. Yeah, the the other wing, Brian Randleman, six three as well. Uh, right, eight points a game. You know, similar numbers: fifty percent from the floor, thirty-three from three. But he's only taken three um, shots, fifty-six percent from the line. So he's a big yep. problem there. Yep. Hey, well, again, that's a deal, right? You got a lot of guys shooting the fifties or worse mm-hmm. from the line, and and it's a problem. And then, so the guy you're talking about who leads them in blocks, uh, Zach Austin, six-five redshirt freshman. 13.9 points a game, seven and a half rebounds, uh, and 3.4 blocks, uh, shooting 39, 32, and 71. But for a four, yeah. six, five for a four is pretty, pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, but this is their other guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, the shot block numbers are crazy for a six, five guy. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to seeing it from that perspective <laughs> Yeah, because he must, he must just. Uh, he must be a good athlete, I would assume, and maybe it's a situation where he gets a lot of weak side blocks. Uh-huh. He's coming over to help. You know, it, it's that, that's kind of what I would expect. Uh, but yeah, you know, you look at this guy's impressive shot block numbers. He's their leading rebounder, like whatever it is, seven and a half a game. Mm-hmm. Second leading scorer. I mean, you, you add it all up, he's having a nice season. So they're, you know, they got two pretty solid players there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're big Emmanuel 
Izuna Bohr, uh, 6'8 sophomore. He's averaging six points a game, 52% from the floor, 30% at the line, uh, and almost five rebounds a game. Yeah, they're, they're only real size, and he's not that big. You know, at 6'8", maybe about 210. Um, this is another game, maybe much like the Oakland game, where, boy, you would think Marcus Bingham is going <laughs> to have some opportunities. Just put the ball up somewhere. Now, they're not going to play zone the way that Oakland did, but you would think the chances will be there. Just kind of put it up near the rim and let Marky go get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then off the bench, they got Rob Peterson, 6'8", senior. Uh, he started eight times this season, um, averaging 25 minutes a game. Um, just under three points, 4.7 rebounds. Yeah, um, as you said, uh, a starter for some of the season. Um, one of their two, you know, they, they don't, they're not quite as drastic as some of the teams Michigan State's been seeing recently mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, limited bench minutes, but he's one of their top guys. Yeah, not much for shooting, though. 38% from right. the floor, 42 from the line. <laughs> right, yeah. Again, it's just the struggles. Uh, and then another big they have coming off the bench, Alex Holt, 6'8", 245-pound sophomore, um, four and a half points a game, 55% from the floor, 56% at the line. Uh, and he gets about 15 minutes, grabs a little over three boards a game. Yeah, and he's he's got some actual bulk. But he's really the only guy who does. I think he goes about 240, 245. Um, mm-hmm. And that, he's really the only one. Who brings that so it'll be interesting if maybe in this game he sees a little more of an expanded role uh and then brock williams a 510 freshman um three points a game 46 50 from three and 46 from the line in limited attempts but he, he's getting about 10 minutes a game yeah i don't put a lot of stock in the um in the percentages with him uh just because the attempts are so limited but what's interesting to me is that you know, we talk about how small they are in the starting lineup, but man, you look at these two guys who are getting <laughs> yeah. perimeter minutes, 5'10", and the next guy is 5'8", it gets really small. <laughs> yeah, Bryson Childress, 5'8", sophomore, um, a little under two points a game in 12 minutes, and not much shooting. But yeah, yeah. that's small. I mean... uh, it's small and it's young. And that's that's just not a good combination. So, um, but these guys don't play heavy, heavy minutes. So, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, how much Tubby goes with that because I I just think Michigan State's size is going to pose. And I'm not talking again about the interior. I'm talking about their length on the perimeter with Brown and Christie and Akins. I mean, that's. Oof, that's going to pose a problem, I think, for High Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you look at the keys, Rod. The number one key is just stay healthy. We don't want any freak accidents or anything like that heading into the Big Ten season. That's right. I mean, we're you know you're, you're getting you're getting to the brink of getting back in conference play. That's the single biggest thing in my mind because to to come out of this game is if everybody's healthy. You know, that's what you want. I mean, this is a it's a tune-up game. It's a game as opposed to most of the other ones so far this season. You probably 
pretty close to legitimately can roll the balls out and win this one. You should. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that takes health, I think, to the top of the list when you're in that kind of situation. Any chance that you think we'll see minutes for guys that we don't typically see? Maybe more for Pierre Brooks, or do you think they'll? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, the hard part is we, we won't have known as much about what's going on behind the scenes. We won't know as much about how practice has been going. Now, the Oakland uh-huh. game, I think Madi played maybe just a tiny bit more than he normally does. So maybe that's an indication. And, he, you know, he had that shot blocked, so he, he didn't hurt himself mm-hmm. the way he played. Uh, maybe that's an indication of what he's been doing. With Pierre, he he just saw garbage minutes. So at least the game was not an indication that he's pushed his way into a bigger role. But, you know, there's another several days of practice between that game and this game. And so perhaps we'll see uh, a, a slightly enlarged role for Pierre Brooks. I think that would be a good thing mm-hmm. for Michigan State. I've said that. Uh, I, and it's not that I'm saying Pierre Brooks should be playing 10 minutes a night. But I think it would be a good thing for this team if they had him as an option, you know, as somebody who was kind of forcing them to play him a little bit. Because I I do just worry, I don't worry about guys wearing down. I don't I don't worry about that end of it. I just worry about um, in a you know if somebody gets hurt, they just they're not very deep in that perimeter group. You got five mm-hmm. guys for three positions, and in my mind, you ideally want six. Uh-huh. Now. Now, I, I know Malik Hall is proven capable of playing some on the wing, and so that maybe mitigates it, the issue a little bit. But I just would feel, and again, I, I have no idea where Izzo's at on it, but just speaking for myself, I would feel a little more comfortable if Pierre Brooks was regularly getting, you know, five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes a night. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the way it looked like he might be ready to, to do at the beginning of December. Yeah. And, you know, I remember commenting that that Louisville game, especially where he got a first half turn and said, well, maybe he's making his move early. And then since then it's kind of gone back the other direction. So I don't know what that tells us. It, it may tell us. And my, my initial interpretation would be that Pierre had a very good few days of practice before those couple of games that he got early minutes. And maybe since then hasn't because his play in those games was fine. Yeah. You know, he didn't do anything in that action to hurt himself, but I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second key, second chance points, uh, we, we mentioned the high points of just a truly awful defensive rebounding team. Yeah. So this, this should look a lot like the Oakland game did, especially in the first half before Oakland kind of adjusted to, uh, give up less offensive rebounding to Michigan State mm-hmm. um, in exchange for giving up more penetration. They made a a tactical adjustment. Um, high point is a lot worse than Oakland, even though on the defensive glass. I, I don't know that there's any tactical adjustment that Tubby Smith can make. This should be an area where Michigan State dominates, mm-hmm. and and that alone probably is enough to get you the win because 
if you're if you're shooting well enough that you don't really need the offensive rebounding, well, there's your game, right? You're shooting very well. That's probably going to get you a win. If if you're shooting okay, but or or not even very well, but you're just getting tons and tons and tons of second chances, that usually is going to lead to a win too, because not only are you scoring, but that's just demoralizing. For <laughs> yeah. a team. I mean, there's just there's just few things in this sport that are more demoralizing than playing good defense, getting a miss, and then giving up a second chance or a third chance. Mm-hmm. You know, it just sucks the life out of you. Uh, and then turnovers, which has been a, one of the better improvements that we've seen over the course of the year with, with MSU. Yeah, I, I think, you know, not shocking because two things really. One, they're just more games. But but two, and more importantly from my perspective, I think we have seen, for the most part, a rotation come into place now Yeah, for Michigan State. The last several games, we got a pretty good idea of who's going to play and how much they're going to play. And foul trouble can always interfere with that, but basically, we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we know we know that Tyson Walker and uh, and Marcus Bingham are going to start the game, but they're probably going to come out no later than the the under sixteen timeout. You know, and then Hogard and Marble will come in for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that Joey's going to go out just a little bit after that uh, in order to get Malik Hall into the game. We've got these patterns, you know, Jaden Akins yeah. playing kind of consistently. Um, we we kind of know how this is going, and I think that's a big, big part of why it's been better. That doesn't mean that they're not going to have turnover problems from here on out. There, there'll be games where they'll pop; it'll pop up, I'm certain of that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good reason why we've seen the improvement. It's an underrated part of that whole phase of the game is how regularly do you have groups of guys playing with each other? Or is the is the you know substitution pattern and the rotation just kind of haphazard, kind of the way it was all last year, mm-hmm. where you just you had a, a coaching staff and a team searching for answers and continuing to try new things to make find something that worked right yeah this team doesn't have that problem we you know you you're seeing it a lot in uh media coverage over the last few days i've noticed i really like the last week is there's this line i've seen more than one national writer um dust off when referring to michigan state and it's a version of they know who they are Mm -hmm. and i think that's true I think this team does know who it is in the sense that guys understand their roles. They've got a pretty good idea of when they're going to be playing, how much they're going to be playing and with whom they're going to be playing. Yeah. And that's all important, you know? And uh, the other thing too, which comes into play with that is the improvement with point guards. I mean, there's just, there's no doubt about that, that, in recent games, really since they got back from the Bahamas, Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard have been really, really good. The Oakland game, 17 assists, two turnovers combined. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's, that is top-shelf stuff. And if you're getting that out of your point guards, your turnover problem as a team can only be so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So, 
yeah, it's it's definitely been improved. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the fourth key tempo, uh, high point, a very slow team, um, one of the slowest in the country. Offensively, mm-hmm. defensively, I want to say their defensive tempo was like 68, which means that teams are getting what they perceive to be good shots quickly against them. Now you can, it's, it's possible that there could be a lot of transition play in mixed into that. Um, just defense that's giving up good looks early, but whatever it is, um, their defensive tempo is, is pretty fast They're and then they're not like a pressure team or anything. So it's got to be that teams are just getting good shots early in the clock. Mm-hmm. Offensively, though, they really want to slow it down. So, and that would be, you know, even if that wasn't your normal style of play, that's usually your best bet if you're a high point level team to try to spring an upset or even just stay competitive is just slow the pace down. Yeah. Um, so any kind of speed in this game is going to be on Michigan State to create. The good news is they've shown an ability to do that mm-hmm. this year. You know, they're going to push. They're going to look to, to speed things up. They're going to take good shots regardless of when they come available in the clock. And they're going to run most likely good enough offense that they are going to generate good looks early in the clock. They're not going to be bleeding it, mm-hmm. you know, continually shooting in the last five seconds. Um, but, you know, for MSU, again, this is about keeping good habits consistent and ingrained in what they're doing game to game. Uh, you know, we're entering back in a conference play, and we all know that that's going to mean that for the most part, running is going to be hard to come by. But what shouldn't be hard to come by is being able to play fast, mm-hmm. to get into possessions quickly, to push the ball up, even if you don't have a transition opportunity and get into it. And that's something Michigan State's done really well as the season has unfolded. And I just want to see it continue in this game. Uh, and then paint play. Yeah, I, you know, this is not a team, as we know, that has great post play. Um, but they can get some offense out of that. We saw in the Oakland game, of course, it came mostly via lobs. Mm-hmm. They just had a lot of activity at the rim. And this team is, we've touched on this before, this is a very good um, high feed team. Yeah, these two point guards have shown a really nice ability uh, in terms of recognition and timing to make those plays happen. You have Bainham as a guy, Brown as a guy. Um, I think they've got a couple of other guys who could be recipients potentially on those plays. I think Akins and and Christie could fit into that as well. Mm. Uh, but that's one way they can get it. But I'm just talking more generally. This has become. You know, they're, they're up to almost 39% as a team from three. So we know that they can shoot the ball from deep. That's not a question. This has become a very good jump shooting team. And I think could be even better as Joey and Max Christie hopefully show more consistency. Uh-huh. Uh, but I would like to see better judgment in terms, not that they've had a big problem with this, but I would just like to see in this game Michigan State not settling. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously this is a small opponent. Michigan State should be able to overwhelm them 
in the paint with the size differential. I'm not too concerned about that from a winning and losing perspective, but more just, again, habits. I want to see Michigan State showing that patience and willingness and consistency in trying to create opportunities inside the arc, too. And that that doesn't mean pure post-up play. It means those point guards and others like Gabe and Max Christie uh, looking to get the ball inside, you know, via the dribble. Uh, you want to see that. I want to see good interior passing, which we've seen more of of late. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those things I think are good habits to establish for this team's long-term success. Okay. Well, any uh, you know final thoughts heading into high point? I think, um, you know, obviously it's a game you, you need to win and you should win, but uh it's you know these these kind of things are hard because it's uh, Oakland was good in the sense that you know they played pretty decently and it's an in-state opponent and it's a team you see every year so it, it wasn't going to be hard from or it shouldn't be hard and in the end it wasn't for Michigan State to come in and be focused and play with you know play with the requisite energy and attention to detail that you want to see this is a little different story and it's, it's a weird thing because in a normal Michigan state season, you've got probably two or three like this, right? Yeah. You don't have that anymore. And it's, it's in, in part, um, a function of two things. The fact that big Ten's added two conference games. Now you're playing 20 instead of 18. And the fact that Michigan State the last couple of years, last three years, I guess, running, has played in the Gavit games, hmm. which is adding, another, you know, this year was Butler. It adds another high major opponent to your schedule. So consequently, there's just not room for those, for a lot of those kind of buy games, as they call them, hmm. you know, where you're paying a small opponent of a decent amount of money to come and be cannon fodder. (laughs) But Michigan state doesn't have that. You know, we had, what do we have? Two Mac opponents. You had Western and Eastern. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't have UAD this year. So it was Western, Eastern, um, Toledo. So three Mac opponents. And, you know, those teams are generally good enough. And again, they're in-state opponents where you figure they're going to require that you play with, again, focus and energy. And they did. For the most part in those games, Michigan State had to play well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we know what was going on in uh, in uh, the Bahamas and, you know, you had Louisville. And, and then you had the Oakland game, of course, and the two Big Ten games. So there haven't been really any so far of these types of games. Mm-hmm where you, you go in and, yes, you're playing an opponent, you need to play well to win and all that, but it's really more about you. It's more about the habits that you've established, the way that you're playing. You know, the, the line is play the game, not the opponent. And so that's really what this is about. And even with the scheduling that Tom Isno typically does, usually because of the number of games, you had two or three of these. You know, we, we haven't seen that yet. This is really the first one. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what what it means for Michigan State. 
um, how focused they are. You know, if they come out and play the way that they should, this should be a game that allows them to play guys like Mahdi and Pierre uh, more extended minutes, maybe get Jaden Akins more minutes, you know. Um, that's what should be there, but they have to actually go out and do it. Okay, well, that'll uh, wrap this one up. We got this one coming up on Wednesday, uh, 3 o'clock tip for this one. Yes, emphasize that. 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, folks. Don't miss it. (laughs) That's bizarre. Okay, until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.